All right, welcome back to the AI Podcast, week 49, part one. Austin Coates here in Kansas City, Missouri, joined by the wonderful Isaiah Sanders in Nashville, Tennessee, for yet another week of, uh, you know, just talking Chiefs, talking NFL. So, Isaiah, how's it been? You know, doing fantastic. Excited to talk more Chiefs football, especially now that the Chiefs are in first place in the AFC. Yeah, you know that's right. And uh, thank you, Minnesota Vikings, for getting the job done. Um, yeah, so the Chiefs are clear by one game over a couple of teams, Miami and Buffalo, and uh, they look to put some more distance between themselves and another team in their division this week as we get you set here on the AI podcast for Chiefs and Chargers Sunday night football flexed from uh, 325 slot. Um, yeah, so this game I think lived up to the hype and was probably the, the best game that Amazon could have put forth for um, for the first ever Thursday night game on Amazon back in week two. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs narrowly prevailed in that game, and they really messed up and roughed up Justin Herbert in that game. Um, so much so that I think it kind of changed the trajectory of their season just a little bit. Um, but you know they're they're still in it. They're five and four, if I do recall. Uh, yep. They're coming off a, de- a defeat on Sunday night. They're playing Sunday night football in back-to-back weeks. How about that? And uh, just getting beat by the 49ers, whom, if I might add, the Chiefs whooped uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, Isaiah, what are you thinking about this game here? Um, Something tells me we may not be necessarily in for the type of game that we saw back in September. No, I don't think so, especially if Mike Williams is not playing in this game. Um, the Chargers threw the ball very effective. The Chargers should have won that game at Arrowhead, and they would have if it wasn't for that pick six um, by Jalen Watson there at the goal line. Um, the Chargers played very well that that first game, um, but this team's been through a lot. Their defense has struggled again. This was just the Chiefs' second game on the year, kind of getting used to the new offense without Tyreek Hill, you know, introducing Juju and MBS into the lineup. Um, but now that they're in a rhythm, um, I'd expect the Chiefs' offense to take advantage of this Chargers secondary, a secondary that has largely largely struggled. Because um, Bill Belichick just knows when to get rid of everybody. You know, J.C. Jackson leaves for a giant deal mm-hmm. with the Chargers, and now he's hurt. And even when he wasn't hurt, he was struggling um, as their top guy. And Jalen Hurts just hit a huge pass. We're recording this live uh, um, on Monday night. But there was a fumble after. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, back on the Chargers though. Um, yeah, I really think that the Chiefs the Chiefs should be able to move the ball up and down the field against this team again. This is a situation where 
their pass rush could be a thing if the Chiefs aren't able to run the ball at all. But we saw this week that they got Pacheco more involved and the success that he had. And so I really believe that they can have a lot of success um, doing so. And the 49ers were a bit of a blueprint, and they were doing that with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and um, Brandon Ayuk um, in this game and in that uh, Sunday night game. So, I mean, yeah, I, I really like the Chiefs. The Chargers are a, a banged-up football team right now. Um, obviously we lost, uh, Juju to a concussion, but other than that, Chiefs have been staying pretty healthy. Yep. For the most part, I would say so. Um, and I was just looking up some stats while you were talking there, uh, for six out of the last seven weeks, uh, opposing running backs against the chargers have been going off in my opinion. And I counted six out of the last seven weeks, a running back uh, I believe five out of those six weeks of running back went for over a hundred yards or virtually a hundred yards. So it's no secret that the chargers run defense is just not, it's not good. And teams have been exploiting it. The Jacksonville Jaguars exploited it earlier in the year. The Houston Texans, although they got beat by the chargers, uh, had a running back go for 148 against them. So, I think this is an area that the Chiefs can really exploit if they want to, is the thing. We've been through this before with the Chiefs. They're not going to be a run-the-ball 20 times with one guy type of a team. They they haven't been that way since they had Kareem Hunt. Um, and they certainly have not been that way since Patrick Mahomes became the quarterback of this team. So I'm not necessarily looking for the Chiefs to pound the rock so to speak but yes you're right the chargers defense is susceptible in this game and i'll tell you what there was much talk early in the season about the chargers offensive line um i cannot recall for sean slater played i think he was out um that first Mm -hmm. time around Um, but there was much talk about that and the chiefs did nothing other than injure Justin Herbert pretty much with that one hit. But if if they're able to get to Herbert like they got to Trevor Lawrence, I don't think Herbert's going to take off and run like uh, Lawrence did. Um, I certainly don't think that he's as fleet of foot, if you will. Um, So I think the Chiefs, you know, they can really put some pressure on – um, on the Chargers in that regard. And offensively, I think they can really control this game with running the ball. Um, what do you think about the, the defensive line and, you know, the situation that they face, you know, this week after a strong performance in week 10 against Jacksonville? Yeah, well, now that the Chargers, again, are – missing their uh, top left tackle in Rashawn Slater. Um, and even, I think, their right tackle was out the other week, uh, Trey Pipkins. And so, you know, when you're missing your top two tackles, that's going to make it difficult. 
And, you know, they have their top two receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, out as well. And so um, I like our defensive line against that banged-up offensive line. Um, Corey Lindsley and Zion Johnson are certainly good players at their positions, um, but they're not Chris Jones-level players. And when you're talking about backup offensive tackles going against um, the edge guys that we have and the pressures that Spags is willing to bring, I think that's going to create a lot of trouble for this Chargers offense. Um, and we saw we saw the 49ers slow down what they were doing on the what they were doing on the ground because Austin Eckler had been having a pretty pretty strong season um, on the ground to this point, and he finished with just over 60 total yards, most of that coming through the air, um, but that was on 12 targets, um, and I think Chiefs can really hone in on Eckler, um, and while this is, you know, a young secondary, uh, DeAndre Carter and Joshua Palmer are just not going to get it done for this team. And if that's who they're rolling in with um, in this Sunday night matchup, then I think the defense can create havoc, can get home on Justin Herbert. You know, obviously the threat of him moving outside the pocket would be a concern. But I think that D-line playing against those backup tackles and Chris Jones dominating on the interior like he does uh, gives us the advantage up front. Yep, and stay tuned later on for our official Chiefs prediction. But as I like to say, I think you can kind of tell which way we're leaning with this one. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, it's time to get into some of the games of the week. So this week we're going to start with, uh, you know, a tribute to the coach who knocked me out of Survivor. Um, And that is going to be the Fighting Jeff Saturdays, also known as the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They're going to be hosting the team that's actually playing right now, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, on Sunday. Um, regardless of how the Monday night game actually pans out, Isaiah, how do you feel about this game? Do you think that Jeff Saturday can somehow rally those troops there in Indy to pull off a major upset? You know, after I, I would have said no um, prior to watching this game here at night, but the way Washington has controlled this game through the ground has been impressive. And what, what they've really done um, is just get get to third and short, really, is what Washington's been doing all night and really limiting the Eagles on the ground. And, you know, while the Colts are the most talented team, they have those pieces to be able to do that um, with Jonathan Taylor. And um, they certainly have some talented guys to force – Buckner on that Colts defense. Um, Shaq Leonard on that defense. And so I think they can make it a competitive game, you know, especially seeing what they were able to do against Las Vegas, which I think might say more about Las Vegas. Turns out that Jeff Saturday was right. The Raiders do stink. 
Um, good thing they won that game because who boy. Um, but no, I think I think the Colts can go and make it competitive. I wouldn't have guessed that pri- again prior to uh, this game. But watch, watching how Washington has really controlled the clock and ran the ball effectively, I think you know that's something the Colts can do with Jonathan Taylor. So, yep, I'm gonna take the Colts here. Uh, Saturday, he made the switch to back to Matt Ryan, right? From Sam Ellinger, Mm -hmm. back to Matt Ryan. It worked out. They ran the ball well with Jonathan Taylor. The defense is not that bad. Um, And so we'll see what they can do, but I I would not be surprised if they pulled an upset and uh, perhaps that coaching change is a turning point in their season. Now, I don't expect them to make the playoffs or anything, but... I certainly expect them to play. Still could in the AFC uh, South. It's but. true. <laughs> I expect them to play a different brand of football, that's for sure. Um, now we'll move on to a showdown in the NFC East, one that we didn't think was really going to be a showdown at any point on the schedule. Um, it's a pretty tight division out there. Only two games separate, uh, really one and a half games separate the top from the bottom. With, with the Bills losing on... Sunday, they went from first to third in their division, and they went from first to sixth in the AFC playoff pitcher, falling beneath the Dolphins and the Jets. So the Jets and the Patriots meet up on Sunday in Foxborough. Jets coming off bye week. They're six and three. They play the Pats five and four. Uh, what do you think Bill Belichick's got up his sleeve for Zach Wilson? Uh, I think Zach Wilson might end up um, living out his uh, as former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold in Seeing Ghosts. Um, the Patriots defense has been playing fantastic as of late. Um, of course, they're just 5-4 in the year, but Mac Jones has four touchdowns and seven interceptions. That has something to do with that. Um you know, the Patriots a couple weeks ago were able to get a win against this Jets team um, largely through running the football, you know, with Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Uh, they picked off Zach Wilson three times in that game, got a couple of sacks. Um, and this was at New York. This will now be um, in New England. And Bill Belichick really just has the Jets number uh, over the years. And I really don't think that changes here. You know, the Jets have been playing, I think, a lot better than a lot of people expected um, coming into the year. But the quarterback play hasn't been there. Uh, with Zach Wilson, and so I will take Bill Belichick versus the young guy. Yeah, same here. And uh, really, we talked about the, this division before the season began, and we both thought that the Buffalo Bills were just going to run away with this thing. And uh, it looks to be quite the contrary. And so I'll take the Patriots at home, just make, making it a little more tighter in that division as the Dolphins are on by this week. Um, and then our final game of the week is going to be the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be a good one. Um, matter of fact, 
I do believe this is going to be in a pseudo primetime slot at 325. Probably America's game of the week, if you will. Um, and the Vikings are coming off a very strong performance in spite of the play of their quarterback this past week. Justin Jefferson with some of the greatest catches you'll ever see on an NFL field. Um, and I look for this game to be much of the same. I don't think it's just going to be a, a boat race by the Vikings, but I just think overall they are the more superior team. Uh, Dallas has a defense that does kind of rival the same kind of play that the Buffalo Bills exhibit uh, with that strong pass rush. But I don't know, man. The Cowboys just can't seem to find a way to be clutch with Dak Prescott as quarterback. So I'll take the Vikings here. Yeah, I will also take the Vikings in this game. Uh, just Dalvin Cook's ability to run the football against, and just the Vikings' ability to run the football overall against this Cowboys team. We saw the Packers do that very successfully. Packers essentially took what would typically look like a Vikings game plan of running the football and hitting a couple big passes um, and used that to success against the Cowboys. And so I like the Vikings to do their personal version, version of that. Justin Jefferson already has a thousand yards on the season. Um, he's going to build on that this week. Um, that Tra- Trayvon Diggs likes to take chances. Um, Kirk Cousins does not. And so uh, Trayvon might get uh, lost in the dust there a couple times by Justin Jefferson. And um, he'll make sure and punish him if he does try and jump on something. And I would expect the Vikings to hit a double move off of Trayvon Diggs. Yep, so there you have it. That's the games of the week that we'll be talking about this week. Um, Now, on to our official Chiefs prediction. And um, this week... um, Well, let me just put it this way. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are at that point in the season where they're starting to catch fire. And I think the turning point was that that game in San Francisco. I think when it's all said and done, regardless of the outcome of the season, we're going to look at the turning point of the season as that game out in the Bay Area where the Chiefs just, you know, uh, set the mood for the rest of their season. So... Give me the Chiefs by a touchdown here in this one. Herbert, he's a, he's still a very good quarterback, uh, regardless of who he's got to throw to. And he seems to have the Chiefs number, um, really, ever since he's come into the league. So I don't look for this game to just be a blowout by any means. No, I don't think it will be a blowout. Um, Herbert has played fantastic. Against this Chiefs team so far in his career, and you know he's a, a great quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think the Chiefs should be favored in this. Um, should come out with the win here. Um, just to give you an idea. Vegas uh, in that Week Two matchup at Arrowhead, the Chiefs were four-point favorites. Um, now going into Los Angeles, not that there's any kind of home field there, but the Chiefs are seven-point favorites. So that just kind of tells you the trajectory of these teams. Um, I think if this were at Arrowhead, the Chiefs would probably be 
nine points, close to nine point favorites in this game, um, just with how well they've been playing and kind of how not well the Chargers have been playing as of late. So give me the Chiefs here. Uh, I like them to kind of pull away in the second half, maybe win this game by 10 plus. Yep. So there you have it. And uh, that'll do it for us this week. Um, Be sure to give us a like and a follow on Spotify. Share with your friends if you like it. Uh, We love doing this week in and week out for you guys. So with that, it is time for the final play. And Isaiah, as I watched the wet snow fall in Kansas City, Missouri for the first time this year, does it snow a lot down there in uh, Tennessee? No, I had no idea there was even snow down there in Missouri yet. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I've got a bone to pick with the people that as soon as they see the little snowflake icon (laughs) on their phone, they think, oh, you know what I got to do before this storm hits, regardless of how much precipitation is going to hit the ground. I need to go to the grocery store. I need to get enough food to last for two weeks in case I can't come out of the house. Um, This is a big pet peeve of mine. Having worked in a grocery store for off and on for six years, I've seen my fair share of weather events that have spurred this kind of behavior from people. And it is one of the most annoying things you have to deal with. Empty shelves everywhere week in and week out during the winter because of people overreacting let's let's and you know what meteorologists you're not out of this either there's been so many times where they have said oh it's gonna rain five to six inches in kansas city and what do we get isaiah one and people spent all that money for nothing they gave those grocery store workers all that stress for nothing um so yeah if you're gonna if you're going to get out prior to this weather, you're going to be able to leave your house tomorrow. Trust me. You don't need to go out there and buy all the ramen noodles and buy all the bread and buy all this other stuff. You'll be just fine. You'll be able to leave tomorrow. That's all I got. I'm out of here.